Hey, I'm Mike Myers, and this is the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, which is geared to support songwriters and producers to gain confidence and turn pro. I bring on industry experts to help you improve and monetize your skills, engage better in the writing process, and build healthy habits to create a sustainable career that you love. Caffeinated, inspirational, conversational. What's up, friends? Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number 73, our first ever in-person interview, live in studio with Madeline Finn, which is amazing because Madeline has been one of my best friends for a very, very long time. Huge collaborator. Uh, she's a coach now at Songwriting for Guitar, helping people understand their, their DAW and how to use it as a creative force in their songwriting. And she has a story to tell, and we're going to get into all of it, how we've met, things that we've collaborated with. Uh, you know, one of our songs has been the most synced ever, um, you know, for us. I think at least we're at now eight syncs, which is crazy um, with that one song. But we're going to get into all of it. This is an episode... Uh, I'm surprised that it w was super productive <laughs> because when you get us into a room, we can talk and talk and talk and talk, but the, the substance of this conversation is so good. So we're going to dive into it. Episode number 73 with Madeline Finn. Yeah, I first met you in 2012. Is that really when it was? Yeah, that's when it was. Whoa. You were, how old were you? I, that was the year I graduated high school. God damn, so fucking old. <laughs> I was 28. I I probably was 18 or, or Maybe I was 27. 17. I'm trying to think. I can't do math right now, but yeah. I think it was somewhere around math there. Math is hard. But that was, that was your... That was your CD release show. Mm -hmm. And I remember because... <laughs> mm -hmm. Funny story. I remember the band that we stayed with. Like, they got... Everybody got super drunk because they were like the... the Kind of like the bros. That was were, it Exit Cleveland? Yeah. It was oh, my Exit, gosh. They were... And they were sweet. But they... And we would play shows. But yeah, they were... You know, everybody downstairs got really drunk. We didn't really get drunk. We were just like... I remember just being like, I just need to go to bed. <laughs> and I'm just like, can you go... And you know, being on tour is weird because it's I remember weird. just all of us crammed in a bathroom brushing our teeth together, mm -hmm, you know, because mm -hmm. you do all the bodily things together. Together, And that's the thing as a band, you're doing all the bodily things together. And I just remember they got so drunk and we were just like, we were not drunk. And then one of the band members brought a girl with them. They didn't do anything in bed, just like they were sleeping. And then he woke up having like an asthma attack a little bit, but it was like a mixture of an asthma attack and wanting to puke. And he projectile vomited on, a little bit on her and all <laughs> on the window. And she was just like, Ugh. and I remember we all woke up and we were just like, okay. Time to go. And that was it. And then <laughs> the next day go. we moved on to the state of Indiana because that's how you do it. You go Ohio, Indiana, Tennessee. Then we went down to Atlanta and then we did. So mm -hmm. I remember just mm -hmm. meeting you then there. And, I st and then I think that's when Instagram was a thing and I followed you. Yeah. And then... That was it. And then right around 16 or 17, 2017. That sounds about right. Sounds about right. Where it was just like you were in a class. I was like, oh, my God, you were in a class. <laughs> it's like friendship. And I was like, I knew you. And I, and I remember watching too, like, you know, as you creep Instagram, mm -hmm, what you were doing. Mm -hmm. I was like, and it was, what was cool was that you were still doing the thing. And it was, and the fact that you were in 
the, a class about licensing, I was like, oh, you're trying to learn more. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I didn't know you, but I felt like I knew that you were also like trying to understand more mm -hmm. and learn more. You understood the value of like, oh, there's always another thing. Mm -hmm. And so, and then we just, you know, I was your accountability buddy. No. Loved yeah, that. and I and we would meet. I remember when you were on tour for a little bit. You were you would check in at the little hotels uh -huh. in the breakfast areas. Yep, that's and, very and, on brand. And then yeah, then we wrote a whole bunch of songs. Then we wrote more songs. And then those songs, songs started getting played. <laughs> and then yeah, and, and we you know what started as like a cool friendship becomes like the thing where it's like, oh, you're one of my best friends. I love it. I love it. And we work well together. We do. Which is so important. And we have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things I appreciate about... You didn't say I was your best friend. Oh, you you're did. you're also my best that's friend. That's okay. I was just hanging there. I was like, she'll add it in. And I was like, it's she hasn't added it yet. Um, but no, this is why I yeah. love our best friendship. <laughs> I love our best friendship because I think so many friendships that also include a professional um, mm -hmm. element, Yeah, there's a there's a chance to lose the fun oh, and to yeah. lose the joy. And every time we write songs or record a podcast or are on a Zoom meeting with professional people, yeah. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like I have somehow consumed like an edible or something. Like I feel like all of a sudden I'm just laden with joy. That's the sweetest thing to say to someone. <laughs> Our friendship's like an edible. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, it's wonderful. So it's it's just uh, I like that we get to keep a lot of the the joy. I love that. And the I, fun. Your friendship is like an edible. Put that on a pillow. I I want that crocheted on a pillow. That needs to be crocheted on a pillow. Your did friend, you, d wait, no, your Pittsburgh was showing for a second. Oh, what a I pillow. Pella, Pella, <laughs> Pella. I want to, I want to embroider that on a pillow. Pillow, pillow. My Pittsburghese shows through with Pella. Um, what else? Occasionally. Do you, how do you say milk? So I say milk. You say milk. Okay. I say milk. Uh, what What's the Pittsburghese for milk? Milk. 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 Well, I could see things. Yeah, I could see. Don't went down, yeah, some milk. Uh, and he ran into, uh, I was cool. He saw Joe Grishecki and House Walker. <laughs> and if you are from Pittsburgh, it, but. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the first in person podcast is mm -hmm. off to a good start, I'd say. Uh, yep. And that was one of the fun things about moving to Nashville. Mm hmm. I was like, oh my God, Maddie lives in Nashville. She can come over to my studio all the time. We can write, we can hang, and it's great. But I want to get into like some of the things you do songwriting-wise because mm. what I find interesting, and I love talking to people, that I can tell music was always the first thing. Mm -hmm. And they never had, they, even if they entertained like I did for a little bit, like I went to graphic design school, like the plan B, the plan B doesn't last that long. Mm -hmm. And it's always like a different version of plan A mm -hmm. and figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And you've done some cool shit. Like you've done lots Thanks. of cool shit. You have. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> you have. Okay. So seriously. So it's like, so let's get into this. So you, you start your own high, you have a high school band <laughs> and I, and I played it. I opened up uh, in, uh, where was it? Kent, Ohio. Oh yeah. Kent, Ohio. Yep. But then that dissolves. Mm -hmm. And then you start another band that does some really amazing things. So it's, kind yeah, of. So basically yeah. what happened is that show, I yeah. think it was that show, it was at that venue mm -hmm. that the band Envoy, that we're, mm -hmm. I'm assuming you're talking mm -hmm. about, um, was like, we need a lead singer. Do you know anybody? And I was like, hi, <laughs> I can sing. It's me. Um, and we started just kind of writing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it just skyrocketed. 
and it still pays my car payment. <laughs> like, it's That's insane. what I think is so cool. It's, it's just wild. well, it's because we were dumb in a lot of ways, and we like never like got deals or anything. We were just like not pursuing. We didn't know what a publishing deal was. Mm-hmm. We didn't know any of these things. So we could have made a lot more money in the moment. But it was like playing the long game because what ended up happening is we, <laughs> because we didn't have any deals, we didn't sign any of our rights away. Yeah. Here we are a decade later maintaining <laughs> all of them and we get yeah. paid for all of it. And it's crazy. And you still release music and the, the yeah. plays are still high and that's, and that adds to it. It's, I don't know why, but that band just like, because well, they're also, I still listen to them. The album's <laughs> a good album. It's fun. We're actually in the process of writing a new EP right now. Oh. So. so you have that. And I like how, you know, at, you know, 28, 29, 30, I was like, I'm figuring this out. And I'm like, you're way younger. <laughs> and it's, no, I'm going to be 30 this year. <laughs> you, you can still say right now you're in your late 20s i am in my late 20s. i right now i'm at the point where i have to say i'm i'm in my late 30s <laughs> so, it's, so it's like but then what's interesting because you go from something like that which has you know that sort of diy ethic mm-hmm. you know 100 percent controlled and then and i know you and i have talked about this where it's like and then you do american idol mm-hmm mm-hmm and to me, that's like, I think it was so cool where you were like, hey, I did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. That was the thing I did. <laughs> yeah. Still unpacking the trauma, but you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, it seems like, you know, it's for some people that seems like, oh, that would be the dream. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. You know, it's one of those things that, because basically, so what happened is I dropped out of college. Mm-hmm. I was in college for hospitality management. I dropped out when I was 19 to tour with Envoy full mm-hmm. time. That's what I did. And then, you know, I had really lost all sense of self-care. Mm-hmm. And I had lost all sense of the fact that I had to not only maintain my career, but also my spiritual, mental, emotional that's a very grown-up thing to think about, right? Yeah, and well, it's we call it the gift of desperation, right? <laughs> so, towards it was our last year touring. We didn't know it was going to be our last year. We were um, fielding record label um, like deals from Fearless and Epitaph, and we had all these people being like, "All right, like, let's do it." And then I, my eating disorder just tanked me, mm-hmm. like tanked me. So I wound up in treatment. And while I'm in treatment, I can't tour. I can't do anything. And my body is literally like, sweetie, no. (laughs) And so when the band falls apart, um, and it it mainly just, you know, our drummer moved to Colorado. I was in treatment. Um, They started another project that started doing well. And then I came out of treatment with nothing. Yeah. And so I got to this point of like, okay, I've got so much identity Mm -hmm. wrapped up in this. And so it was interesting because it took me until very recently to learn how to kind of like embody it and love it and see it as a part of who I am and what I do, but not the whole, which is, is hard. But so then I started the whiskey hollow, Mm -hmm. which was, I don't know why, but I got 
into like Americana and Southern rock. I think I think it's just a thing because I did the same thing. Right? Where you start like a folk band. <laughs> yep. Because you're like, I'm not, I'm going to do this. And then there's something, the folk calling pulls and you get a guy with an upright bass yep. and then you get a violinist and you get like... A, yeah. And you do it. But so that, you know, and it was during that project that I got approached for American Idol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the American Idol thing was crazy. Yeah. It was really strange. I did I turned them down. So I I, I actually don't know if I'm allowed, I'm going to talk about it anyway. I talk, I'm pretty open about it. So I got headhunted for that, yeah. right? So I got an email from a producer saying, "We saw this video. Can you come audition?" And I was like, "No." no. I was like, that sounds no. like a nightmare. Yeah. You know, because I think there's also some pride involved. Yeah. Right? There was this like, oh, I'm too cool for American Idol. Nah, you know? And then they were like, well, we were touring at the time. Yeah. We were playing in Nashville. And they were like, well, we're actually going to be in Nashville on these dates if you're around. And I said, I am. So I saw it as a serendipitous, yeah, synchronistic moment. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And then it just started rolling. And I learned so much about myself through the process, but it was really hard. Yeah. Like it was really difficult. <laughs> well, and you, you made it like the, mm-hmm. you get the, as they say, the, 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 the golden ticket. ticket. Is it a golden ticket? It is a golden ticket. It's a golden ticket. <laughs> and then they take it from you. You don't even get to keep it. Oh, so it's just one ticket. And it just goes to each person when they're done. They're like, <laughs> honestly, I'm not surprised. I would not be shocked if that's what it is. I think they have like four or five and they give you the ticket and you're like, oh, but yeah, so I got the golden ticket. I went to Hollywood Week. I made it all the way to the very last round in yeah. Hollywood Week, and I got cut right before the top twenty-four. <sighs> yeah, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> just golden ticket. It's just like, but I love that you've done both ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Where it's like the the super DIY of just like no 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 no, and then something like that. Oh yeah, which is an experience. In it. Both are which an experience in itself. Yeah, yeah. I think having the like multitude of experience and mm-hmm. like just saying yes and kind of being open to whatever yeah is happening like it's as i've gone through all these experiences i start to learn like what actually feels in alignment and yeah. what actually makes sense for me like if you ask me to do american idol again there's no way <laughs> i'm actually too old now but like no way which they, i think is so silly it's a 28 28 the age cap oh my lord but you know if anybody ever asked me to do any sort of competition yeah like I don't really even do competitions because I don't. I think one of the the biggest issues with music culture, yeah, is this competitive nature, this unhealthy competitive nature. It's cool to have accountability buddies mm-hmm. and being like, "How many songs did you get?" <laughs> but I don't love the competition stuff, which is funny because then I got a team. You mm-hmm. know, so after American Idol, mm-hmm. I started doing my solo stuff. Yeah, and I got management, and like it all kind of started to just come come yeah which everybody told me was gonna happen that mm-hmm. i had to sit and like wait yeah because i was like no i can go get it i can I, do I it, can get it. <laughs> and it just came so it comes and and things start to happen and i um just get to this point where i'm like okay no competitions we're not doing it yeah. i tell the whole team no not doing it no competition and then my manager without telling me enters me in the John Lennon songwriting contest mm-hmm. and I win. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, <laughs> actually, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was talk about synchronicity. Let's talk about this. Okay. I found out I won on Valentine's day, oh, which is the what? day we're recording this podcast. We're... 
Okay. I found that out. I was with Grace. Yeah. It was 2020. It was 2020. I found out in February. Man. Isn't that crazy? Pandemics fly by. (laughs) Here we are. Just flying. They just fly by. But that's... But yes. So then... So I found out I won the John Lennon songwriting contest contest on Valentine's Day. So literally 2020. And I like... No, no. (laughs) No, no contest. I secretly... Did did she go like, well, I I had to because it was the perfect song? You know, it was funny. It was the the love song contest. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have a song that's You Don't Love Me Like I Love You. It's like an yeah. anti-love song. And they loved it. They were just like, this is so different. You know? It is. It's a good song. And it, because I didn't write it in mind for that. Yeah. I wasn't trying to check boxes. I just was being authentic with what was happening. Oh, I like that. Not trying to check boxes. Because I think some people's songwriting feels like that. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. it's just like, check, 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 mm-hmm. check. But meanwhile, it's like authentic matters. Yeah. I think so. Because I think... I would say, can I let my own to swear? Yeah, you can. Okay, I think, <laughs> I think as humans, especially in this day and age, we have a bullshit detector. Yeah. I can tell when somebody is feeding, I, like, if I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, if you're, like, if you're singing to me about how you, like, did all these things and all this stuff, and I'm like, oh my gosh, did you actually do that? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, okay, like, that's fine. You can write about these things, but I always talk about, like, so we write, we write stuff like this all the yeah. time. Like we wrote a love song about my grandparents that was not totally accurate, yeah. but it still came from an authentic place of like, you know what I mean? I think because I heard the story and then I like took the story to another level yes. of just like, because I was like, oh yeah, but it came back from when you were telling me, I was like, oh, that mm-hmm. sparked an idea. Yes, exactly. And so instead of, and we weren't like, okay, we want to do, this and these are the buzzwords we need and yeah. this is how it goes and that song is the song that has been i think placed the most right yeah, it's crazy been at least like five or six times right and this, this is point. and this is the thing where i'm like right then and there that's bullshit detector yeah. like i think it, when you're songwriting you have to have some some bit of depth yeah even if it's not like even if you're just going whoa oh oh oh, oh you gotta have some level of depth i gotta feel i gotta feel the I just, well i just need yeah. to even if, like, if you find joy in what you're doing, if you find joy in, you know, creating a song that goes, whoa, oh, 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 embody the joy, bring it in to the yeah. room instead of trying to make it sterile and, you know, um, But you regimented. can always tell when someone has a fucking miserable time. Like, they don't want to <laughs> be there. <laughs> and they just hate the thing. Mm-hmm you know, from your start to like all your different things, it's shown that you just love the process mm-hmm. of music mm-hmm. in various forms. Yes. And and it's the same way for me. It's just mm-hmm. like, I, you know, it goes to show that we did the thing where we went quickly to school to be like, oh, maybe this. And we're like, oh no, God, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And we just left mm-hmm. because it was like, plan B is never a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I think you can learn a lot from yeah. it. Meaning like, I think having a plan B if you don't have a plan B, you don't have a plan B to be to let go of. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I think, Ooh. have it's like the the thing that gives us the opportunity mm-hmm. to make the decision for ourselves is having a plan B, and also like I I'm going back to school this year. Oh, did I not tell you this? No. So I'm oh. going back to school in September for carpentry. <laughs> so be, because not as a plan B. For the, for the first time in my life, this is something that I think will add to my life. This is something that I think like, because we want to buy a house eventually, mm-hmm. right? My wife and I, and we want to kind of get something that we can make our own. 
And so having these skills that the state of Tennessee will pay for is completely free. It's a pro it's a free program. And it's also like I can do more and it's just nice to have things that are not music all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm not saying that like you can't do anything else. Right. But is when you when you approach music from a space of like just the sheer love for it. Yeah. And the joy and the like you it just takes on a life of its own that's so beautiful and then it frees up space when you trust it too like when you trust the process and you trust the journey it frees up space to be able to do things like i don't know become a carpenter and you know build furniture yeah yeah and just hang out and then you know tour for the summer Hey, it's Mike, and I just wanted to jump in the middle of this episode to let you know that starting February 24th, I'm going to be hosting a three-day songwriting immersive with my good friend, artist, and songwriting for guitar coach, Lainey Dione. So if you're someone who's been frustrated on where to focus in your songwriting, if you're stuck with so many unfinished songs, if you're even confused on where to start, this is something for you. In these three days, these live three days, not pre-recorded, but live, we're going to give you the roadmap that you need to understand what you specifically need to work on in your guitar work when it comes to your songwriting, what you need to do to get your head in the right direction so that this class will help you become an unstoppable songwriting force. So if you have not claimed your ticket yet, go to songwritingforguitar.com to claim it. Remember, everything kicks off February 24th. This is going to be three days in a row live, and this is going to be interactive. You're going to get a chance to ask us questions. So remember, don't let yourself fall into this February slump where you let your goals kind of fall to the wayside. If you're struggling, if you're feeling frustrated and you're unsure, you've got all these unfinished songs, this is the perfect time to kick it into gear, to get some guidance, to get some help. So go to songwritingforguitar.com to claim your ticket. Who's to say, and this is my, one of my favorite things, yeah. who might to know what's good or bad? right yeah so and who's to say that like me going to carpentry school and you know working on somebody i end up working on a producer's house who's like i've heard your music let's let's write let's talk about things and it's about sowing seeds and seeing it all as connected as as opposed to seeing it separate and vilifying one over the other and also again that just seems like you're trusting that eventually the process will happen and you're not because that you realize that there's no the door closes at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. and music won't open anymore. Yeah. It's just like the music store is always open. It's There's no, you don't have to force it. You don't have to force it. And then probably it adds a lot more ease to the day exactly. as opposed to just this well, like. I don't know, have you had one of the biggest pieces of advice, mm-hmm. I got this when I was on American Idol, I got mm. this all the time, was get out of your own way. Mm-hmm. Have you had people tell you that yeah. in your, so I was like, great, how? but how do i get out of my way and you realize that in itself Mm -hmm. how do i get out of my own way way? right it's it's about letting go yeah it's about letting go and it's about trust and it's about attunement and intuition and genuine alignment with your effort yeah you know i could talk about this all day (laughs) but and well, we'll just do multiple. You're here. That's 7,000. 7,000 podcasts. Well, this is what's great about, you know, you being here. You can just drive on over, just get a <laughs> cup of coffee, and just be like, let's talk. But that, to me, 
is one reason why I think we work well because that's my view. There's no, you know, I remember, and you probably remember this when you would date people and they'd be like, so when does, when they want to know when is it going to happen? Mm-hmm. And you're like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. When, when is it going to, I'm like, there is no sh- like set date. It's going to happen incrementally and slowly. Yeah. I would even argue that it's already happening. Oh, you know, yeah. so this is the thing. And this is just my like Buddhist shit, you know, coming out. Cool. But we're not promised tomorrow. Mm-mm. We're not promised that what we have to do is deconstruct this idea of what it means for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like we think that it's this linear process. You do this and then 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 you're happy mm-hmm. with where you're at. That's It's a lie. It's a straight up lie. Like you don't find it. Like we always look right around the corner, right? We're always looking right around the corner. The next thing, that's where I'm going to find true happiness. But what we forget is that the only place joy can really exist is in the present moment. Yeah. Right. Because if you think about all of your most joyful memories, right, Mm -hmm. you are probably present. You're probably in them a hundred percent. And so I know that's how it feels for me in music. When I, when you and I get into a flow and mm-hmm. we write a song in 20 minutes, that's a total banger. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> it's because we're being present. It's, yeah. it's not because of any other thing. And so I think I, I love the idea of, of kind of getting rid of the, the narrative that it's going to happen at all it's already happening yeah. <laughs> like just just the intention like us sitting here recording a podcast it we're doing it yeah we're doing it and doing it and caring is enough and trusting that like if you continue to have moments of present doing and present intention those moments add up mm-hmm. right and don't necessarily come to any big uh equation right they don't equal something but they add up and you have more joy and you have more presence and you have a personality that attracts like-minded people and you just start to grow and that's where more kick-ass opportunities happen as opposed to not enjoying the thing and always just waiting waiting and then you realize one day that you're waiting for literally not like it's not gonna there's no gonna be like firework moment of just like (gasps) i've made it You'd think with American Idol, that would have been it. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is it. And it felt great, you know? Yeah. But I always say that, like, well, I've heard in our... So I'm a, I'm a meditation instructor, too. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm trained in Theravada and Buddhism, and um, I facilitate and, and do those things. And there's a saying that, like, if your happiness is of this world, the world can take it away. Mm-hmm. And if the happiness is not of this world, the world can't take it away. And my like religious trauma sometimes goes like, Ugh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but really what it means is like, if your happiness isn't dependent on whether you get that placement, you get mm-hmm. that production uh, deal, you get that publishing company interested in you. If your happiness isn't surrounded by that, you open yourself up for so many more opportunities you aren't even looking for, mm. you know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> if you would have told me that you and I would like have, written all these songs mm-hmm. that just are getting all these crazy weird placements i don't i never thought that that was going to be what yeah brought me into <laughs> the sync space like what is the likelihood that you and i who met in 2012 yeah reconnect in 2017 mm-hmm. start writing songs get target placements get you know network yeah. tv it's it if you're not open if i would have been like no there's only one way 
Oh, yeah. You know, if there's only one way to do this and it's got to be my own stuff because I was like, I didn't like co-writing with people. Yeah. You were my first co-write. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> So yeah, no, it's it's interesting. It's really it's. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think it's a lot of people stand in their way of the thing that they want to do, because yes, they have a very, I don't know, maybe it's school too. We think it's like this that we go here and then here and then here and then here and then here that we assume music's going to happen this way and music's going to knock on my door and say you've got this and then I'm going to do it. And meanwhile, music is there. Are all these other opportunities that are staring us in the face that mm -hmm. we're totally blind mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. because we get so set in the idea that it has to happen a certain way, which if we get let go of the idea that it has to happen and just remember that it's already happening. Yeah. Oof. Like that's that's Oof. where I have found the most success and joy and and like fulfillment in mm -hmm. my music career when that's my mentality. I'm like, it's already happening. And it allows me to applaud and root for other people. It allows me to like find more confidence in what I do mm -hmm. because I'm not constantly wanting it to be different. Mm. You know, mm. it's beautiful. It's it be is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful practice. That's why we're like, hey, Maddie, why don't you be a coach? I like doing that. I like helping people. Well, I think you know, the fact that you started teaching too when I was teaching. Yeah, and that's we true. would talk about teaching, and you didn't have a, you know, some people that teach they kind of go like, <laughs> I gotta do it. So this is the, and it's like yes, it was part of my job, but I also enjoyed the satisfaction of seeing people have those small wins, those light bulb moments, regardless mm -hmm. if it was kids, adults, and. Mm -hmm you got that too and that was exciting and yep. i was like oh that's amazing so when it came to me starting this company and then being like oh you know if i was going to add and you know we've you know josh you know, we've worked <laughs> with josh. and you know heather evans is there and then laney is there and then i was like oh maddie maddie and what i love is you're you're going to i feel like you are so good like you also do a lot for song finch you're mm -hmm. constantly writing recording writing recording all like day. <laughs> all day uh, and so the idea that you can guide songwriters on super you know just like entry-level dog basics mm -hmm. that are just like you know can seem so daunting because i feel yeah. like you're uh you know i don't know did you do a lot of recording oh, early on? No. <laughs> no. no i hated it i hated recording really yes it wasn't until it became a necessity Okay. Right? Because I got to this point where Songfinch started to just kind of take over my life and I started writing custom songs for the people and doing, like, we're doing a whole deck of demos for a publishing company. I like, love the fact that people still don't realize that custom songwriting is such a big thing right great. now. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Well, there's a lot. I don't know. Again, it goes back to this, like, there's more than one way. Yeah. And so if what I try to do when I do those custom songs is I approach it with the mentality of, like, I get to be a part of this memory mm -hmm. for someone and like how epic is that that's pretty bad that, that's what we start music yeah wanting we want to be a part of people's experience yeah. and we want to express and and share so the fact that i get to do that is awesome and i love doing it so much that i had to figure out mm -hmm. how to do it for myself because when i first started song finch like 2016 2017 when it first started i was having my friend record I would write the song and I would go to his studio really? and I would record okay. a song Finch and I would pay him half of what I got from song Finch. <laughs> and so it got to this point where I was also just trying to be mindful of my own financial situation and that 
it would save me a lot of money if I just did this myself. Yep. And so I just learned through a lot of trial and error and was using GarageBand forever. And then I finally was like, I'm going to commit to this. So I bought Logic and I have not looked back. <laughs> I feel there is a moment when, especially when people use GarageBand, I'm like, you have to get Logic. And you have to just get Logic. Like, and they're like, uh, well, what if I, I'm, I'm like, like, just nope. get Logic. Nope. I was talking yeah. to a client literally yesterday, I think about this, where it was like, we were literally a being the differences and it feels like you have handcuffs on when you're in garage band. Like it feels like there's like, you, there's literally not much you can do. It's like driving with a blindfold on 100%. and just, be, and just being 100%. like, go ahead. Yeah. Cause there's 100%. no visuals. So many, not zero visuals. So you're just kind of like, I guess this is it. Mm -hmm. No ability to tune vocals. No yeah. ability. And like, that was the thing I was hating when I would record a garage band. I was like, Oh, I like everybody needs a little tuning. I think everybody needs tuning. I think it's really important, mm -hmm. you know, because you can get the perfect emotive take and it might be a little pitchy. Yeah. I would rather fix the pitch than change it to a less emotive take. Yeah. And so when I found out that I could tune right in logic, I was like, God, thank goodness. Because it was game changing. And then as soon as I, you know, learned how to tune, I was like, oh my gosh, what else can I do? Yeah. And that's when I started incorporating buses. That's when I started incorporating like the drummer situations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, it's awesome. And that's what so many people are so scared of mm -hmm. because it is daunting. It's mm -hmm. intimidating. Mm -hmm. And it's they're like, well, I could pay someone else to. And you see, so you can, mm -hmm. but you have a limit. To yeah. like <laughs> well yeah and it's also it's like if you're gonna pay somebody you're gonna pay them a good bit yeah because again like it's talking about value mm -hmm. and obviously we value it <laughs> if, know, we're if we're paying for somebody to do it we're, we're valuing it so why wouldn't we find the basics so that we can invest our money in other places mm -hmm. you know i'd like i would rather invest in like um i don't know like a new guitar or I'd rather invest in, you know, gas to, gas to get to my next gig. Or what if we demo the song and you realize, wow, this is a song. Mm -hmm. Sure is a song and I'm just gonna let it go. Yep. As opposed to finding after you pay a lot of money, yep. oh, I'm now discovering the song and I don't like it. Mm -hmm. It's not a good song, yeah. it's not good. Or the thing that has been so game changing is when you can hear it, I feel like that's so many of us, we can hear what we want yeah. in our head, but we don't know how to make our fingers and mind put it on to the DAW. Yeah. And so when you can learn to do that, you're not sitting back and forth with somebody being like, no, 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 can you make it more like this? Can you do it like this? It's such a time saver. Yeah. Because you can go in and do the pre-production yourself mm -hmm. and then take it to your producer if you really want to like up it, mm -hmm. you know, and they have more of a direction instead of you just being like, here. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's been a, it's been game changing for me to actually understand logic and be able to use it. But I love that you're a songwriter that uses it actively mm -hmm. for multiple, so multiple many. things. Yeah. So that when people come to you and they're like, I have no idea where to start, you can start them, you can meet them where they are at that mm -hmm. ground floor mm -hmm. and build, which is gonna be, I think it's a huge tool for songwriters that they forget. Yeah, and like even, I use it as a songwriting tool too. Like if I can, even just put like a um like i use it for melody work sometimes mm -hmm. like i have my chord progression and i have my lyrics and i know and even if i'm not going to record it and mm -hmm. keep it i can record a track and play it and play with the melody yeah and figure out okay what do i actually want this to be and i can print you know the pre-chorus sounds great but i i don't like the melody in the bridge so i can 
you know, just keep trying different mm-hmm. things in it and see what fits. It's like a loop pedal. <laughs> it <laughs> is. Know? And I think it's just one of the best songwriting tools that people forget about. Mm-hmm. And especially if you can capture something and be able to detach yourself and listen to it as opposed to feeling, I need to play it every single second no, of totally. the day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, think about BPM. So I love the fact that this is, to me, this is going to be so helpful for songwriters to be like, oh, I need to know this. Mm-hmm. And to have someone that's patient that is like, hey, we're just going to go step by step mm-hmm. and not, don't worry about this, you know, mm-hmm. and is able to meet them where they are and guide them along the way is huge. So big. <laughs> so big. <laughs> I like, I'm kind of, I like, I wish I would have had that one. <laughs> well, yeah, because we understand. And I think that's what's great too. It's someone that isn't going to be like, oh, I understood from day one. Like, because we all sat there I'm looking at screens and just being like, hmm? Yeah. Hmm? And you get it wrong 10 times and then you maybe get it right and then you get it wrong 10 times again. And (laughs) And that's the thing too. People think, oh, that's bad. Mm. But it's like, oh, no, no, no. That's just part of the whole process. Exactly. Exactly. I like to picture logic as a big sandbox. There's so much you can do. I love that. There's so much you can do and you just go and you play and you're like, but you have to take the pressure off of it. You know, you have Mm -hmm. to take the pressure off of it needing to be perfect. You can just play with it. It's a whole, it's like another instrument. It's yeah. super interesting and really fun. And you don't have to understand any of the weird science-y sh- shit behind it. <sighs> you know, you can just like, here's here's your permission to not have to understand logic t- in order to play with it. You know, it's totally, totally not how it has to work. So ditch the lab coats. <laughs> just ditch it. Lab coats is being like, yes, this is uh, 2.5 dB right here. It's just like, I don't know what that means. Yes, can I uh, get the uh, drums a little darker? Can I uh, maybe adjust them? You just don't need it. You just don't need it. And maybe at some point, yeah. you'll get there. You know, like maybe at some point you'll start to understand what it means to have those two point D. Like you'll understand. But you don't have to be that doesn't have to be the starting point. You don't have to know that to start playing. It's the same way of like you didn't have to know the solo to stairway to heaven. Right. You didn't have to know that to pick up a guitar. You could just pick up a guitar and you could start. It's yeah. And it's the same thing. So good. Well, we're going to do more of these. Yay. Uh, thanks for being here, friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. Oh, shit. <laughs> and that does it for this week's episode. It was edited and produced by Chris Fafalius. I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening.